Tales of War, Chapter Two, Surprises in the Swamp. He seems to be moving toward Nathavor. Despite having had companionship with the druid for two days, Cadian was still taken aback by his voice. The deep, rumbling voice was clearly that of a tauren, but when the druid was in his shape-shifted form, it seemed most unnatural. Not to say that the cat form that the druid assumed to track their prey was too small to match a tauren, quite the contrary. It was rather the fact that his voice remained unchanged from his tauren form. Cadian was still not accustomed to hearing the feline speak. He did not allow it to show, however, but instead gave a response. The blood trolls of Nathavor had been a horrendous scourge to travelers around the Sobal ruins outpost. I would rather gladly allow this gnome to terrorize them. Alas, the alliance threat is greater than that of the blood trolls. Perhaps we will be too late. The Torrent Shaman, the third member of Cadian's party, said this in a conversational matter. Her face revealed the true intent of her words. The druid, still in his feline form, gave a chuckle. <laughs> Let us wait with these tactical decisions of allowing the gnome to finish his attack or not until we have found him. His tracks are not fresh. A good few hours have passed since he was here. The paladin quickly nodded and motioned for the druid to continue in front of him. He had mentally prepared himself to hear the feline speak again. He had not, however, been prepared for the chuckle. The other hut as well, perhaps. Strick cackled manically as he sat on a branch twenty feet above the ground, with a small flame dancing in his right hand. The first one is blazing nicely, but I think that we could really bring the heat to this jungle if we lit another one. Another spear aimed at the gnome was thrown, but it hit a tree a few yards away. Losing focus, are we? That one was way off. You know, I was actually getting a little worried when I saw that rack with all the spears, but it was really in my favor that there are only three of you. I can handle three spears at a time easy. Incinerate one, dodge a second, and watch a third get impaled on a completely different tree. Plus, once I set that hut on fire, all I had to worry about was one spear at a time. Below Strick, there was indeed only one blood troll still grabbing spears from the rack to throw at him. The other two were busy with the burning hut. One was frantically trying to get enough water from a nearby creek to combat the fire. The other was much more brave, or stupid, and was actually attempting to rescue the goods inside the now collapsing hut. I always appreciate these little outposts just outside the actual encampment. Perfect places to cause a little damage before the backup has time to arrive. And as soon as they do, I'll just perform a little trick and teleport myself to my little summoning circle that I set up before climbing up here. Well, I better get to it if I want to leave you with two bonfire huts. While dodging yet another spear thrown at him, Strick raised his right hand and commanded the small, dancing flame to flare up into a solid ball of fire that fits snugly in his hand. It flickered with a green tint as the gnome hurled it toward the second hut. On impact, the ball separated into four streaks of fire, spreading in different directions across the roof. The blood troll that had continued to hurl spears at Strick now stared at the second hut in despair, while the gnome in the tree was laughing and dangling his legs gleefully. 
Aside from the crackling of the burning huts and the gnomes' laughter, another sound could be heard. More blood trolls were approaching, and their voices were getting louder. Well, seems it's time for me to be off. It's been a real pleasure, and I hope you will utilize all this warmth I've generated for you. Now, I must return to my... The gnome was cut off as something wrapped across his mouth. In the same instant, two vines entangled themselves around his wrists and bound them together. A third vine proceeded to lift him into the air, grabbing him by his waist. By the foot of the tree, a blood elf with a shield on his back stepped out, with a tauren by his side. Instead of holding a hammer in his hand, the blood elf held a sack in front of him, looking up at Strick. The tauren next to him lifted her hands in the air, mumbling an incantation. The three blood trolls who had been at the receiving end of Strick's attack had not yet noticed the two newcomers, but the backup was approaching fast. The vines that were still holding Strick moved him directly above the blood elf's sack and then promptly untangled themselves from his body. A high-pitched yell could be heard briefly, for it was a brief fall, before the gnome was caught in the sack. The blood elf wasted no time. He stuck his arm down the sack and whispered into the heavens, and a faint glow escaped the sack. When he pulled his arm back up, the sack was still. As the blood elf tied up the sack, the blood trolls were still approaching. The tauren who had been preparing an incantation was now standing ready, a force of wind and lightning vibrating between her raised hands. Go, I will be right behind you, she said in a steady voice. Her eyes were fully focused on the enemies ahead, so the blood elf's nod escaped her. With the gnome sack on his back, he disappeared into the trees. Now the reinforcing trolls had reached the huts, and the first of them raised his spear. At the same moment as the spear was released, the tauren uttered a single word and directed the force of nature between her hands in front of her. It was a burst of energy, like a condensed storm pushing down anything in its path. The thrown spear was shattered by a bolt of lightning. The already collapsing hut was completely reduced to rubble and the group of blood trolls were knocked off their feet by the impact. When they managed to get back on their feet, the tauren was gone. In the distance, a ghostly howl could be heard, followed by a deep chuckle. The gnome was still not conscious when Cadian entered the room. Aspa and Beran, the two tauren who had accompanied Cadian on his mission, were idly chatting to each other not far from the bound gnome. Unintentionally, the paladin noted that he liked Baram's voice far better in his natural form. Ah, Cadian. I must admit, I expected this one to be awake by now. Baram looked over at the captive for a moment, before turning back to the blood elf. And I can see that you've decided to dress up for this occasion. Are you going to interrogate him, or ask him to join you for a play at Bomsamdi's necropolis? Cadian felt a light shiver at the mention of the necropolis. The Zobal outpost was far too close to Bwansamdi's temple in his opinion, and he had no desire to stay there for very long. This stop was out of necessity, however. While Baram in his feline form and Aspa transformed into a ghost wolf were both able to nimbly navigate the vegetation of Nazmir, the blood elf had fallen over twice in their flight from Nathavor. His agility was already hindered by his armor, and carrying a gnome in a sack had not helped. In his second fall, Cadian had dented his leg plates as well as his breastplate. It had made it increasingly difficult to move as well as breathe, 
so they had been forced to stop at the Zobal ruins. Until the outpost's blacksmith had the time to repair the armor, they would have to stay. You know full well that I had to get out of that armor, and this is what I wear underneath it all. Do not laugh. Surely you have met a blood elf before you came to this swamp. It does look quite comfortable, Aspa confessed. Would you give me leave to take my own armor off? By the looks of that blacksmith, we will be here for a while. Cadian nodded and stepped further into the room, away from the door. The room they had been given to house their prisoner in was quite a small one, and the Tauren were not exactly small creatures. As Aspa left the room, Cadian leaned down towards the gnome. His hands had been tied behind the chair he was sitting on, and his head was slumping down into his chest. Cadian raised his hand and prepared to wake the gnome up, but stopped midway and lead him further. Is he... Smiling? In that very moment, the gnome's head shot upward and his eyes were open as wide as his mouth. Wow-wee! Now that was a sleep if I've ever had one! Whoosh! Startled, Cadian straightened up. The gnome started to violently shake his head, blinking and yawning. Oh, barely feels like I'm even awake! <laughs> Am I still sleeping? The blinking continued, and he started to look around. Neither Cadian nor Barum said anything, waiting to see if the gnome would regain his composure and quiet down. This all seems awfully real, especially these ropes around my hands. No way, vines! They were vines! And that's a tauren! And a blood elf! Oh, you were the one who caught me in my fall! So you must have been the one who grabbed me. Well, I suppose it was really the vines that grabbed me, but you must have been controlling them. And this place? Well, clearly it's where you've chosen to imprison me. Oh no, this means that I didn't get to perform my grand finale. I didn't get to vanish. Realizing that this probably would have no end, Cadian interrupted the gnome. That was quite the display with the huts. You managed to single-handedly draw out about 20 blood trolls from their encampment to an open and virtually undefendable area. If you would have had a squadron of soldiers with you, it would have been the perfect opportunity to deal a heavy blow to the trolls of Nathavor. 20 of them? Now that is a new record! The gnome exclaimed excitedly. The most I've had come after me before is 14! A heavy blow to Nathavor, Cadian repeated impatiently. But you did not seem all that interested in killing blood trolls. Instead, you focused on their supplies, just like in your previous attacks. So tell me, what is your reason for these attacks? What can I say? I'm a showman. I like to create a spectacle. Watching spectacles can actually be even more of a... Hang on a minute. My previous attacks? You've heard of me? The gnome's face lit up and his excitement seemed to grow exponentially. The smile Acadian had noticed just before the gnome woke up now spread so wide that it was hard to look at anything else. The blood elf suddenly recalled what the blood troll he had brought to the Suljan ruins had said when he had mentioned smiling. He could now understand her reaction. It seems we have caught a gnome with a flair for showing off. Baron said in an amused voice. What shall we call you, O oh great showman? 
Oh, no, no. I will not reveal my name in such a mundane way as simply saying it while sitting on a chair. You will know my name in due time. Mundane. Being imprisoned in an outpost mere minutes away from Bonsamdi's necropolis. You and I have very different views of what mundane means. For the third time that day, Cadian found himself surprised. He had planned for the mention of the necropolis to scare the gnome, or in the very least make him cautious. Instead, the gnome smiled once again and twisted in his chair as if to settle into it. So we are in the Sobal ruins. I was hoping that would be the case. Cadian raised an eyebrow quizzically at the gnome. The gnome in turn looked from Blood Elf to Torin and back again. His smile changed. It was now a mischievous smile. I suppose I might as well tell you now. The reason we've been harassing the Blood Trolls is that we hoped that they in turn would harass you. While the gnome was speaking, Barum lifted his head with a thoughtful expression on his face. Kirian glanced at him, but then turned back to the gnome. It seems they have. Otherwise, you would not have heard of my previous attacks. And why would we want you to increase your focus on the blood trolls? Well... Can you feel it? Barum suddenly spoke up and put his hand on Cadian's shoulder. The paladin looked over at the tauren with a questioning look. Then he noticed it. The fur on Barum's arm was vibrating slightly. The tauren looked down on the ground and Cadian followed suit. A stone on the ground was vibrating as well. Only a second later, Cadian could feel the vibration under his own feet. Their gazes met, but before any of them had time to speak, a scream could be heard from outside. A yell of surprise followed, and a moment later, they could hear orders being shouted in the courtyard outside. Cadian looked over at the gnome. The mischievous and amused smile was all he could see. The Alliance are attacking! Aspa's voice reached them just before the Torin herself burst through the door, one of her shoulder pads drooping halfway down her arm. They've gathered south of... Why is the ground shaking? Her voice changed with her facial expression, from stressed to confused. The gnome is up to something. Barum, go get my shield and hammer. Aspa, strap that shoulder pad on properly and get back to the rest of the troops. They both nodded and disappeared into the courtyard. Cadian turned back to the gnome, but before he could do anything, the southern wall of the room began to shake. Stunned, the paladin stared at the wall. At the wall's base, the ground began to bulge, and suddenly parts of the stone floor burst from the ground. Underneath it, something metallic was spinning and pushing upwards. The wall followed the floor's example and began to break apart as more of the ground was unearthed and it could now clearly be seen that what was causing this was a gigantic drill burrowing its way out of the ground. Cadian stumbled backwards, tripped on a floor tile that had protruded from the ground and fell on his back. The drill continued to spin, pushing upwards to free itself from the ground. It only took seconds before parts of the south wall had collapsed and been replaced by what had burrowed its way from the ground. A machine, its top a great drill and its body fitted with doors. Kidding could hear a great metallic sound, followed by one of the doors opening and falling on the ground. It had not been the door facing into the room they were in, but instead one that would lead straight into the courtyard. Enough of the wall had collapsed to allow Kidding to see a group of dwarves leaving the machine, shouting mightily. 
The gnome wasted no time. While Cadian was still lying on the ground, he nimbly put his feet on the chair and pushed himself up so that his arms slid off the back. He rushed toward the machine, turned his back to it and used a sharp protruding metallic part to cut his hands loose. With surprising agility, he climbed on top of the drill and lifted his hands in the air. Now this is what I'm talking about! Dear captors, allow me to introduce myself. Strick Flunk Blast, at your service whenever you need a spectacle. The smile was no longer simply amused. It was radiant with joy. Now if you excuse me, it's time for my greatest trick. With those words, he clapped his hands together and vanished. Cadian simply stared at the now empty spot that Strick Flunk Blast had stood on. Astonishment, embarrassment, and anger were all raging inside of the paladin. He did not know how to react to this. It all happened so fast, and this gnome seemed to have had utterly outmaneuvered him. Then he heard the war cry from a torrent. Pulled back to the reality of the situation, Cadian stood up and regained his posture. Calm. Steady. Even without his armor, he trusted the light to protect him. This alliance assault would soon see an end. You've listened to Tales of War, a Warcraft audio drama. Thank you for listening.